The Gemara Masech the Nazar, Daf Mem Heim and Aleph, says the Gemara right after the Mishnah Tanur Abanan, the pasuk in the Parsh of Nazar says the Gilach and Nazar Pesach El Moed. The Torah tells us that the Nazar should cut his hair after he brings a carbon at the entrance to the oil moid. Says the Gemara, B'Shlomah Kasbedaber. Which carbon is referred to here? The carbon shlamin. Shnemar, as the Pasuk says elsewhere regarding the carbon shlamin, Vishachte Pesach oil moid. So we see when the words Pesach oil moid are used, it refers to the carbon shlamin. Says the Brisa at the Oimer, B'Shlom and does indeed the Pasuk mean to say that the Nazar cuts his hair after he offers his carbon shlamim? Oy enoy, perhaps what the Pasuk means to say is, Pesach oil, el Pesach oil, my mamish, to teach us that the Nazar should cut his hair at the entrance of the oil moid. Amrit, to which the Brisa says, that cannot be the Pshat in the Pasuk, that the Pasuk is coming to teach us that the location where the Nazar cuts us here is at the entrance of the Oyamayid. For says the Brisa, Imkain Derech Bezayinhu. It would be, it's a Bezayin, it's embarrassing to cut the hair at the entrance of the Oyamayid. So there's a very interesting piece in the Steichemet in the Mareches Beisakneses Mareches Beisakneses Sif Simen Yud where he discusses the Shiloh many people of course have the minute that they wait until their children are three their sons are three years old to cut their hair. And the minig is that they make a suda, they make an entire event out of cutting the hair when they're three years old. And the question is, can that be done in a basic nessus? Interestingly enough, that the Stechemet parenthetically in that piece says that the first haircut given to a child may be done on Cholmoid. We know the Gemara Masech, the Maid Cotton, the Shulchanar Paskins that way. The Allah is that a haircut, one may not take a haircut on Cholmoid, but the first haircut that's given to a child if the birthday comes out on Cholmoid may be done on Cholmoid. But again, the main issue that he discusses is may this haircut be done in a basic Knesset? And the Rai that he wants to say that it may not be done in a basic Knesset is based on our Gemara, where our Gemara says that giving a haircut is considered Derek Bazoya. Giving a haircut is considered not a very honorable, is not considered a very proper thing to be done in the, sh- in the, in the, in the entrance to the base of Megdash, and therefore should not be done at the 
in a basic. Perhaps should not be done in the basic. Knesset, he says maybe he could do it off the main shul. But then he wants to suggest that perhaps the haircut may be given in the basic Knesset. He says because what's special about the first haircut is as we have learned also in our sugyus, we've learned there's a din in the Torah, but it's a Roshchem. So the first time a child receives a haircut, he's fulfilling that mitzvah, where he's getting pays. So the giving of that haircut is for a mitzvah purpose, to make pays for the child, and maybe it should be permitted. I did see that there are achroinim that say, we don't understand this line of reasoning. Because let's think about it, they say. If we think about the if we think about in our Gemara, the Nazar, as we began this year today, is also fulfilling a mitzvah of Taglachas, that he's supposed to have a haircut done when he finishes his Naziris. Yet the Gemara didn't say that because this haircut that the Nazar is getting is in fulfillment of a mitzvah, there is no problem when it's done in Pesach oil Mayim. So the fact that it's just for Tzarek Mitzvah does not seem to be a good enough reason for it to be allowed to be done in a place where it should normally not be done. So as I was looking into this subject, actually I saw there are two different explanations why a haircut is considered a Derek Bezoyen and therefore should not be done, as the Gemara says, at Pesach Oil Mayat. The Shita says that a person standing with his head uncovered at the entrance of the Pesach Oil Mayat, at the entrance of the Beis HaMikdash, is not proper covet. The Safri, however, says that the actual haircut itself is considered something which is bizarre and should not be done at the entrance of the Yomayit. So there's a very big difference between the Safri and the Shita that will be relevant to our discussion. If the issue is as the Shita Mekubetza says, the actual standing there without your hair uncovered, so then a child who has never gone with his hair covered until now, so him going with uncovered hair is not a bazillion. And therefore, the fact that it's being done at the entrance of the oil moid, or the fact that it's being done at Beis HaKnesses, would not be considered a derech bazillion. However, the Safri is learning that the actual haircut itself is considered an act of bazillion. If the actual haircut itself is considered a hair a bazillion, then the halacha should be that the haircut um, should not be allowed to be done in a basic knesses under any circumstances. Rabbi Vadi Yosef, in a tshuva, in Shailsa tshuva sichavadas, chelik hey simen lamer hey discusses this, he says that the entire comparison 
that the Stechember attempts to make is actually a weak comparison because he says the Kedusha of the Basic Knesset is less than the Kedusha of the Harabayas. And therefore, even though perhaps on the Harabayas, as Al Gemara is teaching us, we have to be more careful, that doesn't necessarily translate itself to a basic Knesset as well. And therefore, he quotes a number of Paiskim whose opinion was that a haircut may be given in a basic Knesset. However, what is very clear from this discussion is that a basic Knesset, as the Steichemed begins his discussion, is very similar. The whole premise of the Steichemed is by comparing a basic Knesset to a basic Hamidosh. And just like Algemara teaches us how careful we must be in showing proper respect to the Beis HaMikdash, we also have to be careful in showing the proper respect to the Beis HaKnesses. In fact, I saw that the Zoyer says, man the mishtoi, somebody who just speaks idle talk, he doesn't say something which is prohibited, he doesn't say Lashon Haro, he's just saying idle talk, bebeik nishta, in ha'anik klan ta this is a person who has shown disrespect to the Shechina. And he says very strong words. And because of this, Kla Yisrael will remain in Golis. And someone who acts this way disconnects himself from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So, on this subject, I saw a fascinating tshuva from the three-day age from Michiel Weinberg in Simon Tazayin, Simon Yod Zayin. And he gives an introduction to the subject that he's going to discuss in this tshuva. He says that this tshuva was written at the beginning when Rev. Weinberg Apparently, he lived in Germany. He, had, he was the head of the seminary, the Rabbanim Seminary in Germany. And he writes this country as Hitler comes to power. And one of the first rules, for the first laws that Hitler passed, Hitler Yomachshemai passed, was that Jews would only be allowed to congregate themselves. The only place where Jews were allowed to congregate was in a shul for the purpose of tefillah. Anywhere else, they may not congregate. And he discusses what may be done. So now, given that that's the only place that they can now congregate. So the question that was asked, can lectures be given in the Besa Knesses? So, of course, it's important to understand that there... Beis Knesses was a place that was used expressly for tefillah. And therefore, eating and drinking was never permitted in those Beis Knesses. 
So first he establishes that there are different categories. He says, Kalos Roish Ktsas, something which is not that respectful, but it's not that terrible, eating and drinking. So that is one category. Then there's what he calls Kalos Roish Godel, acting frivolous, frivolously. And then there's a third category that doesn't involve Kalos Roish, but that Tashmi Sheikhoil. So he says that we could be most lenient in a situation where it's not Kalos Roish, where it's only Tashmi Sheikhoil. And he brings a very nice raya. He says the halacha is that one is allowed to give a niyam poor people to eat in a base Knesset. So he says, let's think about it. The people who are supporting these aniyim are indeed doing a mitzvah, the mitzvah tzdaka, the mitzvah Knesset Archim. But they're not the people who are eating in the base Knesset. Who are the people who are eating in the base Knesset? The aniyim. They're eating in the base Knesset is not a mitzvah. So why may they eat in the Beis HaKnesses? So he says, it must be because since we can only fulfill our mitzvah by, them, by giving them to eat, and giving them to eat, and the only place we could find for them to eat is in the Beis HaKnesses, that, and it's not Kalos Roish in any way, that's why they're allowed to eat there. And he says, that's the reason as well, where the Gemara says that when they used to gather to determine if they should make the year in a leap year, they ate in the base of Knesses. Because again, since it was a time of serious deliberation, the meals that they ate is considered a serious time. It's not considered a callous rush, and we could therefore be more lenient. So therefore he says, when it comes here as well, we have to look at what is the subject that's going to be discussed. He says a number of factors have to be taken into consideration. Number one, we have to take into consideration what subject will be discussed. Number two, we have to look into who will be the person making, saying the, the, the speech. And in Shuvah Simen Yud Zayin, he takes a very, very strong approach that if the person saying the speech is a person who doesn't have the proper hashkafas, doesn't have the proper attitude towards our religion, he may never speak in a base of Knesset, no matter what the subject is, no matter if there will be or any won't be any question, answer, or debate. Such a person should not be invited to speak in a base of Knesset. He takes it a very he takes a very uncompromising um, approach to it. If, however, the person is 
speaking about a serious subject, and the person himself is a serious individual. And, he says, there is no debate, because debate, you can't control who will ask and say whatever they're going to ask or say. Then, particularly under those circumstances where they weren't allowed to congregate in any other location, he is more lenient. He ever goes on to say that he gives a piece of advice that before the person um, begins his talk, he should um, say a Dvar Torah or say some Tehillim, which will give this event more of a religious context and therefore more permissible in the basic Knesset. And the last part of his discussion, he speaks about concerts in the basic Knesset. So he quotes the tshuva of the Chesam Soifer in Chelek Vov, Simon Peydalet. He says the Chesam Soifer was extremely opposed to bringing any musical instrument into the Beis HaKnesses, obviously not only on Shabbos. On Shabbos, we need not say that one may not play a musical instrument. It's Chil Shabbos. He says, even during the week, never should a musical instrument be brought into the Beis HaKnesses. So that right away sort of um, prevents any concerts from taking place in a Beis HaKnesses. But he in general says that given that it's not so simple that one may attend concert Bizman Hazer after the Churban Beis um, after the Churban Habayis so we combine these two factors number one that musical instruments should really not be brought into a Beis HaKnesses together with the fact that it's not so simple to play music or have a concert he says um it should not take place. He does, however, go into discussion that let's say the people of the shul insist on having um, that concert in the shul. He says the Rabbonim don't have to get into a disagreement with the membership and they don't have to vehemently oppose that concert. Again, even under those circumstances, he says, only in a situation, only uh, in a situation where, in a, um, where it's done in the proper environment of Tznius and Kedusha. And then we end with the words that he says, I say explicitly, My entire Hedda when HaKadosh Baruch Hu will bring things back, as Noshe Be'ezrus Hashem, Le'ezihirim, Be'kedushus Be'ezaknes Be'kalachoymer, we should always, of course, strive to show the full-fledged, proper respect to the Be'ezaknesses.